leaders. Lots and lots of books out there. Children, you're dismissed for Children's Church. Uh, there's lots and lots of books out there uh, that give the stories uh, behind these hymns. And sometimes you sing something and it's a great song and it's a powerful song, but then when you know the story behind the song, it just makes the song just leap right off the pages. And um, I always challenge people, even with, uh, even with the Scriptures, if you'll get... Now, they're doing it to some of the new premium Bibles, uh, but if you get an old King James Bible, uh, a lot of times you'll see in the front an epistle dedicatory. And that epistle dedicatory is to King James. And then you'll have... A much longer article, it's called The Translator to the Readers. And uh, most people, if they have it in their Bible, just kind of skip over that because it's pretty thick. But it's the mindset of what the translators of the King James Bible were thinking as they translated the Word of God uh, in in the King James Bible. And so I'm telling you, it makes things kind of... Just leap out to you when you know the story or you know the writer. Um, I'm very excited. I got off the phone with my dad uh, yesterday, wishing him a Merry Christmas. And, and uh, my, uh, my stepbrother, <clears throat> Norm, he's been going to church for quite some time up there and um, gets involved. He's involved in the choir and singing and stuff. And he has started writing songs. And... Um, one of his songs he's now published, and they actually sang it for the um, Christmas Eve service that they had at their church, and um, looking forward to hearing that song, knowing the person that wrote the song makes the song all, all that much better, you know, and knowing the story behind the song uh, makes that song uh, so much, so much more alive and so much better. And uh, they have several different kinds of um, ones that you can get, and uh, really devotional ones. Um, I'm trying to think of his name now, um, Robert Morgan. Robert Morgan. He wrote um, three or four. Then sings my soul. It's a series of of. Um, books that are available uh, that you can get and you can read about that hymn or about that song. And uh, just, uh, just kind of neat and just kind of need to know the stories uh, behind, uh, behind those songs. Galatians chapter number six. Galatians chapter number six. Uh, we're going to look at this passage again. I was rudely interrupted last week, um, but just kidding, my joy. <clears throat> He looked up, he said, you talking about me? <clears throat> Just kidding. I'm glad he's doing a little bit better, but continue to pray for him because he is still having some challenges and um, is going <clears> to, <throat> so uh, re- continue to remember him uh, to the Lord in prayer. But Galatians chapter number 6, let's look in uh, verse number 14. Galatians chapter 6. <clears throat> so we're talking about, we're talking about the cross. And so we celebrate Christmas uh, and Christmas time, uh, we celebrate it for uh, the express purpose, as we see the manger scene, uh, of celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But understand something about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like everything else with God, 
God does everything with a purpose. And uh, God does everything for a purpose. And there was a purpose, and there is a purpose, uh, of the birth of Jesus Christ. So, when we look at the, we look at the life of Jesus, we see a very, uh, very, very small window, right, of Jesus. I have a book in my library, it's called The Boyhood of Jesus of Nazareth. Now, it's all basically conjecture, right? It's all basically, because what, what, what do we know? We know what the Bible tells us, right? And so uh, we know he was a boy, right? We knew he did grow up, but he really doesn't come on the scene until a, almost a preteen and, and when, he's with his, when he's with his parents and traveling and you know the stories. But really the ministry and the life of Jesus, we're talking about three, three and a half years is what we're talking about. And when he came, he performed miracles, he, the, the blind could see and the deaf could hear and the, and the lame could walk and, and the dead could live, live again and, and, and he preached. He was the greatest preacher to ever walk the earth, right? I mean, he, I mean you, you, see, you see his messages in the book of Matthew and, and you see him on the mount and preaching. He was the greatest discipler to ever walk the earth, right? He discipled his uh, 12 and, and, and beyond. And, and, and he was, all these things that Jesus did, he did do, and they were part of his purpose, but he had one singular purpose. You see, Jesus came to his own, his, his own received him not, the scripture says. And then, what did he do? He went to the cross, and I want you to know something about the cross this morning. The cross is not an afterthought. Jesus didn't say, okay, well, nothing else worked out, so I think I'll go ahead and go to the cross. No, Jesus Christ's purpose was the cross. Jesus Christ knew and understood that the only hope for people, and think about people, Think about people today. You think about people and you're, you're thankful for some people and then you think about other people and you think, my goodness, what is wrong with that person? You, you look at people and you think, man, what? She's, a, she's a saint. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a saint of God. And then you look at other people and you think to yourself, what in the world? Sin has really grabbed a hold of that person. And when we look at humanity today, from a human standpoint, we look at humanity with very little hope. Very little hope. Turn on the news and it's all bad news. Pick up a newspaper and it's all bad news. People shooting each other. People going into schools and into public places and, and killing people randomly. I mean, the, the depravity that occurs in our world today is very real. Matter of fact, you'd have to, you'd have to be like, a, like an ostrich and stick your head in the sand to, to, to absolutely ignore it. To not see it. To not know that it's there. And I want you to know something. Without Jesus Christ, without ultimately the birth and then ultimately the, the death on the cross and the burial and the resurrection, without that, humanity has no hope. We have no hope in this world. We have no hope in the next. 
I want you to know and I want you to understand that there is a next world. It does exist. I know there's a lot of uh, 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 preachers and teachers that, that, that like to preach and teach a, uh, a, a doctrine called annihilation. What does that mean? It means that there's nothing after this. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's just nothing. We just go back to the dust of the ground. And life is just over. So this is all that we have. What a sad, sad existence. If this is all we have. There's no such... Uh, doctrine is annihilation. There's no such doctrine in the Word of God as reincarnation. Depending on how well you do in this world, reincarnation says you'll come back as fill in the blank. I guess if you don't do so good, you come back as a aardvark or a sloth or I don't know, you come back as something that is not desirable. If you do well in this world, you come back and you do well the second time around or the third time around. Or, and we kind of joke about that, but that's for real. People really believe that. And, but the Bible doesn't teach it. So, so what does the Bible teach about the next world? The Bible clearly teaches there is a next world, uh, and I use that term loosely, the next world. You know what I'm talking about. There is a next place that you're going to go when you die in this world. You see, we're here for a little time. Matter of fact, James says it's very short. It's like a vapor. It's here for a little time, and then it vanisheth the way it's gone. So we're here for just a short time, and even... I think that everybody in here would say, if you live to be a hundred years old, you lived a long time. I think it's pretty safe to say, even for a woman, if she's a hundred, she's old. Now, maybe not 99, but a hundred, yes, she's old. Because that's a long time to live in this world. But how long is that compared to eternity? Ultimately, it's a twinkle of an eye. Ultimately, it is a vapor. Ultimately, it is no time at all when it comes to eternity. And you see, Bible is very, very clear when it comes to eternity that there are only two places. Everybody goes somewhere forever. You see, what we ultimately would love to do, this preacher included, Ultimately, what we would love to do is say that when you die, this is kind of what we would term universalism, that when you die, you're going to heaven. Amen. Regardless, it don't matter what happens, no matter what you do, to we, we would ultimately love to say that that's what happens when we die. But the Bible says that there is an alternative to heaven, and it's a place called hell. It's a place not created for man, it was created for the devil and his angels. But it's a place that the Bible says, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Narrow is the way that leadeth to everlasting life. And what a tragedy it is. What an absolute tragedy it is to live this life, to die, and to end up spending eternity in a place 
of fire and torments. It's a real place. We like to ignore it. We like to say it doesn't exist. We like to say this. This is really one of the things that we enjoy saying. You know what? God would never... My, or this is more likely we say this. My God, like your God is different than the God of the Bible. If it is, then you're in trouble. You're in more trouble than you think. But my God would never send anybody to hell. And I'm here to tell you something about that statement. Your God has provided the way. The God of the Bible has provided the way for us to never spend one moment in hell. So if we die and go to hell, it's because we've chosen to reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have chosen to reject the purpose of Jesus' coming. What was the purpose of Jesus' coming? Here it is. It's simple. God tells us to seek and to save that which was lost. Can I tell you this morning, you are the one that He came to seek and to save. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. How do I know that He came to seek and to save you? Because you're lost. We all are. Until we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are lost in our sin. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not even one. If you don't understand, preacher, he's, a, he's just a good guy. She's just, a, she's just a grand gal. And I'm here to tell you, you can, be, you can be as moral as you want, you can be as good as you want, you can be whatever you want, you can, be as, you can try as hard as you want to, but trying never accomplishes heaven. The only people that are going to be in heaven are those that have placed their faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And the finished work of Jesus Christ involves the cross. So in Galatians chapter number 6, listen to what the Bible says when it comes to the cross of Jesus Christ. Galatians 6 and verse 14, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Paul said this. <clears throat> There's no reason whatsoever for me to glory. There's nothing that I've accomplished. Let me tell you another statement Paul made. I am what I am simply by the grace of God. What I've accomplished grace of God. Who I've become, grace of God. What I do, grace of God. Paul said it's not about me, it's about Jesus. And it's all about a purpose. It's all about a reason and that purpose and that reason is the cross of Christ. Sometimes we, 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 we come to a place in our calendar where we celebrate things. Right? We're coming up on uh, the new year, right? And so we celebrate, in the, we celebrate the new year. February. What do we celebrate in February, guys? Valentine's Day. Oh, no. Some of you, oh, no. Celebrate. <clears throat> Valentine's Day, right? 
And so Christmas is a time that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Easter, isn't an Easter a good one? What do we celebrate during Easter? The resurrection, right? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so these, these times in Thanksgiving, we celebrate uh, uh, being thankful. And all these different holidays come around. And they come around to remind us. They don't come around to remind us that we only celebrate His birth at Christmas time. Easter comes around. We don't celebrate the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ only on Easter. It's a reminder that we need to be continuously reminded of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And boy, I'll tell you, when we celebrate the birth, every Christmas, let me tell you, when Christmas time comes, the very first thing I think of, let me tell you what the first thing I think of is, the cross. That's the first thing I think of. Why? Because He came born in a manger. He came wrapped in swaddling clothes. He came as Christmas time, we think of as a gift. And that gift wasn't just his birth. That gift was looking into the future when he would live a sinless and perfect life. And when he would not be forced to, but would willingly go to an old rugged cross and die for our sins. Wow! He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. What a... You, know, you talk about a gift? The gift is the cross. The, the gift is His death. The gift is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the gift because without that, we have no hope. Without that, we have no heaven. We've got to get a hold, get a grasp of what that true gift was, that true gift being the cross of Jesus Christ. I, I talked about it a little bit last week, but the cross when it comes to salvation, the cross when it comes to salvation, and, and if, if you weren't here last week, just jot these verses down, but salvation is established. Salvation is established. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What did he do? He, he thought it not proper to be equal with God, but he, but he humbled himself. Right? He became obedient unto death. Even what? The death of the cross. You see, the, the salvation is established by Jesus Christ. I can't pay your sin debt. You can't pay my sin debt. Therefore, I cannot get you to heaven. You cannot get me to heaven. Moses was a great man. David was a great man. Peter was a great man. Paul was a great man. But none of them could die for your sins. None of them could pay your penalty. 
Only Jesus. Only the perfect man could. And Jesus was and is that perfect man that died for our sins. And salvation is established in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ alone. We looked at salvation established. Number two, we looked at salvation exclusive. We looked at salvation exclusive. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. John chapter 14 and verse 6. You see, Acts chapter 4 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. In any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other name. John chapter 14 verse 6, after the question was asked, how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, Jesus made it pretty simple. Jesus made it pretty exclusive. Here's our issue. Here's our problem. We're so worried about offending people. And you're here to tell me, preacher, that all the people that don't believe that are wrong, that's exactly what I'm here to tell you. According to the Bible, not according to Joe Springer. I'm just a messenger. I'm not... I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. If you don't believe uh, in Jesus Christ uh, and, 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 and for, for the salvation of your soul, then I'm telling you something, you're not saved. I don't care what kind of person you are. I don't care how religious you are. I don't care how church-going you are. But you don't understand, I've been baptized. I've been confirmed. I'm a member of a church. I'm a member of ten churches. It doesn't matter when it comes to salvation. Salvation is exclusive in Jesus Christ. He is the way and the only way. He is the truth and the only truth. He is the life and the only life. That's what that, that's what that means in John chapter 14 and verse number 6. So salvation established, salvation exclusive, and then salvation eternal. Salvation eternal. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter number 5. Do you know this morning, without being arrogant, without being prideful, do you know this morning, according to 1 John 5 and other passages as well, that you can know that you have eternal life? That you can know that you're going to go to heaven one day when you die? What joy that is! What a hope that is in our lives! Sometimes life throws you curveballs, right? Sometimes life is not fair. We say that all the time. Sometimes it seems like people go through more than they seemingly should have to. Struggle more than they seemingly should have to. But I want you to know something. Our hope is not in this world. Our joy is not in this world. Our problem is when our hope and our joy is in this world. You see, if your hope and your joy is in a thing, when that thing is gone, your hope and joy is gone. When your hope and your joy is in a person and that person's gone, your hope and your joy are gone. Because they're no longer there. If your hope and joy is in material things, isn't it good to have money? Isn't it good to have a little jingle in your pocket? Well, I don't have any now, but I mean, if you have a... At least to have a couple nickels to rub together. Isn't that nice to have a little bit of money? There's nothing wrong with having money, by the way. 
God never says it's a curse to have money. Let me tell you what it is. Let me tell you what's a curse. It's a curse when money has you. Money's not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And so we understand something. There's nothing wrong with having money. And it's great to have money every once in a while to have in your pocket or be able to go get something to eat or be able to go do something that you want to do. And there's, that's a wonderful thing. But I'm telling you something. If your hope is in money, if your hope is in your 401k, if your hope is in your retirement, I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you, ask, ask around. It can go just like that. Ask them what happened in 1929. Just like that. Millionaires became paupers. Let me tell you what happened. You know what happened? They started jumping out windows and towers and buildings. You want to know why they did that? Because their hope was in money. And when your hope is in things, things disappear, your hope disappears. Guess what? Jesus Christ never disappears. Jesus Christ will never fail you. Jesus Christ will never... Watch this. You ready? Hebrews tells us He'll never leave you and He'll never forsake you. He's there with us. And so when our hope is found in Him and all these other things go away. Do you remember what David said? David said he looked to his right hand and what happened? No man cared for his soul. You know, it's interesting about friends, isn't it? Friends is, being a friend is an interesting word. I believe that there's a difference between an acquaintance and a friend. Generally in life, you have many, many acquaintances. Generally in life, you have a handful of friends. You see, acquaintances are there when everything's going good. When you're paying the bill, you have lots of acquaintances. I mean, when you got money in your pocket, you got a lot of acquaintances. When I was in the Navy, I was unsaved. And boy, I had a lot of people that I hung out with. But I had a lot of these people that I hung out with because uh, I was the life of the party. I mean, I'm here to tell you, when we went somewhere... I mean, they had families. I didn't have a family. I was single. I mean, I was unsaved. And, and man, the bill was on me. Then I got saved. And then I started having a, a relationship with, with my, now, my wife. And um, back then, you know, you had long-distance relationships. You didn't have a cell phone you picked up. You, you had a phone card. I'm here to tell you there were times that my phone bill was $450 a month. I don't want to talk to anybody else. I want to talk to her, and she was a long ways away. And so I had to pay for that. Well, guess what? I wasn't paying for things anymore. And those acquaintances that I had, they were still acquaintances, but man, they had other things to do. And and I can go back to another guy. His name is Joe. I think I became friends so we didn't forget each other's names. And so Joe had been my best friend since the military. And to this day, we talk and he's, he's one of my closest friends. But I tell you something, 
whether I had money in my pocket or I was broke, Joe was there and vice versa. Isn't it great to have a friend? Isn't it great for somebody to be there? But you know, sometimes in life, friends maybe don't know you're going through some hardship. Maybe they're busy with their own hardship. You know why? Listen, understand something about people. We're all fallible. Right? We all have faults. None of us are perfect. If somebody tries to tell you they're perfect, run away. Run away. They have a lot of issues. A lot more issues than, than, than anybody else. Why? Because none of us are perfect. And sometimes you look to your left and sometimes you look to your right and you look around and there's nobody there. And boy, it can be discouraging. But guess what? Stop looking around and start looking up. Because He'll never fail you. He'll never leave you. And our hope is always going to be found in Jesus Christ. What's the hope of this world? What's the hope of this, of this country? What's the hope of this church? What's the hope of our school system? What's the hope of our universities? What is the hope? Listen, the hope hasn't changed. Times have changed, haven't they? They sure have. People have changed. There's no doubt about that. But I'm here to tell you, God doesn't ever change. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. And so He's dependable and we can depend upon Him. And we can trust Him and we can lean upon Him. And He's always going to be there for us. So the cross in salvation. If you're not saved this morning, if you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you, there's only one hope, and that hope is Jesus. There's only one way for you to get to heaven, and that's the Jesus, Jesus way. So if you're not saved this morning, I, I beseech you to place, place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So the cross and salvation. Let me give you the second thing real quick this morning, and we'll talk about it more tonight but not only the cross and salvation, but the cross and strength. The cross and strength. I don't know about you, but I need, I need strength in my life. Both physically, emotionally, spiritually, I need strength in my life. We did just absolutely nothing yesterday. It was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. I'm not a I'm not a nothing kind of guy, and so I gotta you know I gotta have to do something. But I'm telling you, we did almost so much of nothing that like uh, like all my muscles almost atrophied. I mean, I mean, I was just I sat in my chair all day. I, I watched. Uh, uh, let me tell you, uh, I watched it before. I, I love this. I love this show. It's called The Repair Shop. Anybody ever seen that show? You watched it. It's awesome. I just like to listen to them talk. They're over in England, and they all talk with an English accent, and they fix things. And So I'm just binge-watching this show and just doing nothing. And, and I'll tell you, about 8.30, 9 o'clock last night, I was sitting in my chair, and I, and I, and I dropped my phone. phone fell on. I was, on, it was sitting on the chair, and I knocked it off and fell on the floor. And I got down on the floor to pick up my phone, and I thought to myself, well, I'm down here now. i got a pillow and just laid down. <laughs> I mean, that's how, I mean, that's how lazy I was last night. 
I mean, I do. And then, you know, you ever lay on the floor? Oh, my goodness. And lay on, your, lay on the floor when you're 20, and then lay on your floor when you're almost 50? It's different laying on the floor. And so by the time, the time it was time to get up and get, man, I'm here to tell you, I almost had to call in reinforcements to get me off the floor. We need strength from time to time, don't we? I mean, we need physical strength. We need, we need emotional strength from time to time. Well, the things that we face in life, well, they're hard. Life is not easy. There's hardships in life that we have to go through. And boy, we need emotional stability in our lives. And then, God help us, we need to be strong spiritually in our lives as well. And God gives us the strength that we need to make it day by day. And as I think about the cross, and I think about the cross and strength, I think about some things. Number one, I think about strength in weeping. I think about strength in weeping. What do I mean? Listen, Psalm 30. You know the verse, Psalm 30 in verse 5. The Bible says, Weeping may endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night. Now, there's all sorts of rep, there's all sorts of um, uh, thought processes when it comes to to that verse. Number one, you know, today is going may be a difficult day, but praise the Lord, tomorrow's coming, right? I mean, tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow is this idea, well, uh, why are you in a bad mood? Because I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Then go back to bed and wake up on the other side. It's a choice. It's a choice that we make. Everybody goes through hardships. Everybody has bad days. It's an absolute fact of life. And the way we react to them and the way that we react in them is our choice. When you're in a bad mood, it's because you choose to be in a bad mood. Stop blaming everybody else. You're just choosing to you're just you're just choosing to be mean spirited today. You're just choosing to be grumpy today. How do I know? Because I do it. We all have bad days. We all get in bad moods. And both we don't catch ourselves. We'll have perpetual bad days. And we'll have perpetual mean spirits if we don't catch ourselves. Where do we get our strength? We get our strength in Jesus Christ. And so weeping may endure for a night. But, but joy's coming tomorrow. Now, now, that's not only day by day, but that's in life, period. You might have a hardship here in this, in this life, but joy's coming in the morning. Amen. For the saved person, for the person that knows Christ as his or her personal Savior, how this, this life might be hard, but guess what? One day we're going to see Jesus face to face. And when we see Jesus face to face, let me tell you what we'll ultimately see. We'll ultimately see joy face to face. Boy, all those hardships. You, you, you've heard me preach before. There'll be no more sadness. There'll be no more sickness. I mean, there'll be no, there'll be no more pain. None of those things, you know, sometimes you, you get a, you get a, for, for you that have, you, for you that have diabetes. Any, anybody in here have diabetes? Anybody? Some of you aren't even raising your hand. I know you got diabetes. You can deny it all you want to. But let me tell you something. Your, your feet ever hurt? You get those shooting pains in your feet? And I mean, you can't do... I mean, there's nothing that helps it. So they call it neuropathy. Man, you just... The other day, I had this pain going. It's usually over the top of your foot. 
Let me tell you something. I, I pushed so hard on my foot that I left a thumb indentation on my foot. Now, the shooting pain went away because now it hurt in a different place. Your back hurts. Your hips hurt. Your knees hurt. Your head hurts. Sometimes everything hurts. And you think to yourself, when will this be over? It'll all be over one day. Because when you get to heaven, you see, you're getting a new body. Aren't you glad for that? I don't want this old body back. We're getting new bodies. We're going to be changed in a twinkle of an eye. We're going to be like Him. And we're getting these new bodies. Yes, we'll be recognizable, but we're going to have new bodies because there's going to be no more pain. There's never going to be no more arthritis. There's going to be no more diabetes. There's going to be no more cancer. There's going to be no more of any of these things. Why? Because weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. See what? See what hope there is in that? You see what joy there is in that? There's strength in uh, uh, when it comes uh, to our weeping. Psalm 23, you know, the shepherd psalm. You know, we may, we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we don't have to fear no evil. Why? The most comforting part of Psalm 23, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Do a study. You want to do a good study? Do a study of the rod and the staff. New Testament equivalent, I believe, the New Testament equivalent is the Scriptures and the Spirit. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God has given us His Word. God has given us His Spirit. What is one of the Spirit's jobs? It's got a, the Spirit's got a lot of jobs. But what is one of the jobs of the Spirit? He's the comforter. Right? I mean, isn't that what Jesus told him in, in the book of John? I'm, I'm going away, but it's good for you that I'm going away because I'm sending the comforter unto you. And when you wake up and the day is bad, or you go to bed and the day was hard, I'll tell you something, as a born-again child of God, you have the Spirit of God that lives inside of you. And He can give you comfort. During your difficult times, during your weeping times, God is our strength. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Getting near the cross. Let me tell you something, church. We need to get near the cross because the cross is our hope. Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, He paid our sin debt. It's a sin that you owed. It's a sin that I owed. It's a sin the world owed. And Jesus paid that debt for you. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's never been a time in your life where by faith you accepted Him into your heart and your life for the forgiveness of your sins. Can I tell you something this morning? Jesus loves you. When He died on the cross, you were on His mind. That's how much He loves you. He knows, listen, the Scripture says He knows the very number of hairs that are upon your head. He knows you intimately. And He wants to know you personally as His, as you, as his Savior, your Savior. 
You say, preacher, I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure if I'd die right now to go to heaven and go be with God. And I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning right back down. I pray for you. I'm not sure I'm saved, preacher. Here's my hand. Please remember me in your prayers. Maybe you're watching my live stream this morning. and You've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Can I tell you this morning? It's simple. God didn't make it difficult. Man has made it difficult, not God. And if you're not saved this morning, then I'm telling you this morning, by faith, place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and He will forgive you of your sins. He'll do it. How do I know He'll do it? Because the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon His name this morning and He'll save you. Maybe you need strength this morning. Maybe you need strength in your weeping. Life can be hard. Life can be difficult. But weeping may endure for a night. Praise the Lord, joy is coming in the morning. You may look around and no man cares for you. Always look up because God always, always will care for you. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing. This morning, a hymn invitation. I invite you to come this morning. Stop trusting in the things of this world. Stop trusting in yourselves. Start trusting in God. He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Trust Him. Depend upon Him. Look to Him. Lean on Him. Trust Him this morning. If you need to come, for whatever reason, as the instruments play this morning, you come. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. And uh, we do have one decision, and so excited about this. Been praying uh, about it, and uh, Miss Diane has been praying about it as well. So, Miss Diane, come on up here. Uh, this is Miss Diane Center. She's been coming uh, for a little bit now here to our church, and uh, she comes uh, this morning uh, by transfer of letter from Bible Baptist Church in Fort Pierce. And if you rejoice with her and her decision, let her know by saying Amen. 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 We're excited about that and thankful for that. And uh, the Lord's really um, 
uh, worked through that, and uh, so we're so excited uh, for her coming and joining with us uh, here at Rinka Baptist Temple. Uh, one thing, real quick, if you put a poinsettia in, 